now more than ever, I, I think it's important for women to have our voices heard because at the end of the day, there is no question that the issues that affect women are, are unique. Welcome to She Speaks How She Does It, a podcast about inspiring women to speak up and be heard. I'm your host, Elisa Freud, the founder and CEO of She Speaks. Each week, we give an amazing woman the platform to share their knowledge and advice on a topic impacting women while sharing insights from our community of quarter of a million women. Listen in each week to be inspired to speak up and be heard. Welcome back. So, For this episode of the show, we have something a little different for you. We decided that almost uh, after 90 episodes, uh, that it might be interesting to have us turn the tables and have uh, somebody who works tirelessly to make this, this podcast happen. Somebody in our team, Stephanie Caruso, is on to interview me today. So Stephanie is somebody who understands the work we do in a way that is so personal and so powerful and uh, does an amazing job working with all of our influencers and creators day to day. She also is uh, the producer of our podcast. And so we decided today to have Stephanie come on and ask me some questions that hopefully will help you understand a little bit more about what we do, what we're trying to do with the show, and some insights about what we've learned over the last 90 episodes. It's kind of crazy in talking to these amazing women that we get to talk to every week. So with that, we're going to jump into our conversation. Here we go. Lisa, this is really cool for me to kind of spout from behind the scenes of the podcast after... 90 episodes. This is going to be our 90th episode. Since you're the host every week of this show, we thought after, you know, 90 episodes, it was time for you to take a seat in the guest chair and <laughs> learn a little bit more about you. <laughs> well, that is exciting. Um, it is exciting. So I want to start a little bit broad. The mm-hmm. podcast is just one thing that we do here at She Speaks. One of our goals is to encourage women to be heard, to speak up, and to use their voice. You know, given the the climate in the past few years and the current climate, can you talk a little bit about why that is so important? Why it's so important for women to to have a voice and a platform to speak up and be heard? Um, Wow, what a timely question, because um, as we're recording this, it is basically a week um, after uh, the Supreme Court overturn of Roe v. Wade. Um, so there are a lot of very weighty issues that women are are going to need to deal with. And um, I think it makes, I think when you go through what we've been through over the last few years, but quite frankly, even before that, I mean, I started She Speaks uh, back in 2008. And the mission back then was to build a stage for women so that their voices could kind of go further 
than they were on their, you know, they could maybe on their own. So we would, you know, put them in, we would put women in front of companies and tell, have like let women tell those companies what was going on with them. And, um, and that's kind of how we started. It was a way for women, for us to tell companies what women were thinking. Now, more than ever, I, I think it's important for women to have our voices heard because at the end of the day, there is no question that the issues that affect women are are unique. They're 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 yes, they're issues that affect both men and women and and all people. But the issues that affect there are issues that are discreetly ones that do affect women, right? And um, <clears throat> we carry a lot of the load when it comes to caretaking, as an example, right? So. Um, women, even in families where both uh, both parents work, a lot more tends to fall onto the woman. We have there's reams of data about that, right? And the pandemic has there's never been a time where that was more highlighted than it has been during the pandemic um, because women had to take on so many additional roles and not just caring for our children, caring for our parents, caring for others mm-hmm. and. And I think that um, what it's done is, you know, in a lot of the data that we, because we still do a lot of research uh, with the she with our community with the she speaks community, one of the things we're seeing is that women are just we're tired, we are feeling burnt out, and and what what's more important than our mental our mental well being and um, obviously physical well being as well, but we also know that the the layers of stress that women have had over the last couple of years in particular actually lead also to physical um physical issues and physical health issues so you know i think we are that's why we started the podcast when we did we felt like it was so important for women to have a way to express themselves but also for other women to hear from those experiences because what's uh, you know what's what's so compelling about what we're able to do with the podcast i think is that we're able to have women share their own stories with the focus their goal when they're sharing their stories is for other women to be able to learn and if they learn you know take one kernel away from that conversation then we've done our job so um you know i think that even though we started in 2008 as a way for women to be heard <clears throat> it's almost you know a bigger imperative now given what's going on to you know going on in the broader world um and we want to continue to be there to support women yeah i mean that's so interesting that was you know kind of the next question i was going to ask was you know how has she speaks evolved from the time that you you know started it and you know conceptualized it and and began the company back in 2008 um and it's so interesting that it's evolved and and this need for women to have a voice and be heard is is even more important now. And there's seems to be so much more that you know women need to be heard about right now. Um, mm-hmm. What are what are some common themes? I know you got a little bit into that. What are some common themes that you're seeing that we're hearing from women? Because you know one of the things we do is we do put out 
research. Um, you know, we, we put out research from the surveys we collect from our community. Um, you know, and people who listen to the podcast may not know all about that. So what are some of the things that we do on that end to, you know, hear from women and what are some of the common themes that we're hearing? So here's the interesting thing. Uh, what we have learned over the last 14 years of doing research is that women do not consistently think anything, right? It's women, we are a diverse group of people. We have differing opinions. And I think that's one of the things that is constantly reinforced for me from all of these years of doing lots and lots of different research and surveys and talking to women is that while there are some themes and certainly from a from a mental health standpoint as i mentioned i was starting to mention before that is one area that we're starting to see a very significant mm-hmm. increase in women feeling like their mental health has suffered. And that I think is a very concerning thing because also what we know is that it can, those types of things, uh, having a very significant mental load and feeling stress, consistent stress, those kinds of things. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Those things can very much start to manifest into physical ailments. And that is the thing that is, I think, very scary about what's going on right now. I think we are ourselves in a country that's divided. There's a lot of it. Like every time something happens, you start to realize, oh my gosh, there's so many different, it's not like everyone thinks the same thing. Exactly. And that's what's, that's what is, I think also both wonderful. I mean, we live in a country where you're allowed to have mm-hmm. differing opinions, which I think is a very wonderful That's thing. Positive, yes, it's good. But I, but I think people are arguing more, right? And there is a, uh, there is a, uh, there is a stress load just from that. And I, and I think um, those are the kinds of things that we're starting to see more and more of maybe before there, it didn't feel as disjointed in terms of what women believed and what they thought. But now it seems like there's a lot more of that, not only differing opinion, but maybe not as much respect for, uh, um, for other opinions. But I think one of the things that I, which is why I love, the space that we get to work in with in in the sense that we get to, you know, engage with so many different kinds of women is that at the heart of it, I do think that women, we are very empathetic and we do want to understand what someone else's perspective is. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that we still have that foundation, but there are, everything's become so polarized that yeah. I think that mental load is becoming difficult for women. So I want to go back a little bit further to when you started. You mentioned in 2008, you started She Speaks. So I want to know, what were you doing before for those people that don't know? And how did you take that leap? I know we ask us all the, all the time this question. I want to know from you, like, how did you take that leap? And was it scary? Was it, you know, how did you get yourself to that point where you said, I'm going to start, I'm going to start this? 
And I will just say, so before this, I've only worked two places my entire career. Um, I know that sounds crazy in this day and age because I do think that people tend to move around a lot more. I'm definitely more of like the old mindset where you work at one place forever, two places forever, right? Um, I started my first, the first part of my career, I was at American Express and I worked there doing all different kinds of marketing, uh, product development. I worked on new credit cards and launches and um, managed different, you know, credit card portfolios as a brand marketer. So I did marketing at the, uh, for a lot of different kinds of marketing at, at that company. Great company. I loved working there. I made some of my closest friends there. I met my husband there. So it was all like all very um, positive experience. I think for me though, I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to it wasn't about, I don't know that I ever thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm dying to be an entrepreneur. It was more that I wanted to be the master of my own destiny in a way that you can't if you work at a bigger company or mm-hmm. if you work at another company as it relates to your career. You can be the master of your own destiny in your in your personal life and other areas for sure. But as it related to my career, I wasn't getting as much of that as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think ignorance is bliss. I did not like, I just, I wasn't like, I, I, I did put a business plan together because I'd been thinking for a while about what I wanted to do, but I didn't know what I was going to feel passionately enough about to leave this great company. I yeah. love, as I said, I loved working where I worked. It was more that I finally had and a moment where I was like, oh, this is it. Like I want to, I want to be in the women's space. I want, I care very deeply about what women think. And what if I created this community where women got to try products and, and tell us what they thought of them? That was the idea. Um, and um, I kind of quickly put a business plan together and started building like, um, like the, the platform that we now use, we've, we've evolved the platform, but it was the starting point. And, uh, once I had it in good shape, I, um, I left American Express launched this and it, you know, it's, it's a crazy ride doing being an entrepreneur, I will say. Um, but I, I, quite frankly, never look back. There was never a moment where I thought I should go back there and and work there or, or anywhere else. It was not about like, it just was for me, this ended up being the right thing to do. Um, so that, that was my journey. You know, it's so interesting. I think on a lot of episodes that we've had, we always talk about like, you know, women trusting their gut or trusting, you know, what they think, you know, they can accomplish and just using that spark. And, you know, it's, Sometimes there's not a plan. You just have that that moment where you just say it, it's just important to kind of follow your gut check. One of the things I wanted to talk about was you mentioned you were in kind of brand marketing. You know, when you started She Speaks, this is always very fascinating to me because I was in the influencer space before. You started She Speaks, influencer marketing was not a thing really. It wasn't named influencer marketing. There wasn't there was maybe the start of bloggers and and things like that, but it was not what it is today. What was it like to 
to start She Speaks and kind of be almost like a pioneer in the field of, of influencer marketing or see the growth you know, from these kernels of what you were doing back then, because it really truly was by asking women their opinions on products. That was the beginning of what influencer marketing grew into. Um, it was uh, like the wild, wild west, quite frankly. <laughs> um, you know, in, in, look, in some ways, it's wonderful to be a pioneer in something, so to speak, like one of the first people out there doing it. But in many other ways, it's an uphill battle because mm -hmm. um, people don't know what it is. You're coming in there talking to them about something that they're like, wait, what? What is this right. thing you're talking about? And back then when we started, it was called word of mouth. And it was then about, okay, well, how do you create it, a structure? For that. And I have to say that was a fascinating and an interesting thing for me to do. I love creating something out of nothing. And in so in some ways, it was perfect for me to go into an area that was not well established yet, because it gave you an opportunity to start defining it. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. But on the flip side of, of okay, this is a totally new thing. It's exciting. It's interesting. You're also then having to educate people about something that is completely new. It's not like I was walking in and saying, hey, you can do television advertising with us or you could do digital advertising with us even. Like right back in 2008, people knew what digital advertising was. Right. That's not what it was. We were at swimming upstream, so to speak, right, where we were trying to explain to people what influencer marketing is and then convince them to do it. Hi, everyone. Just a quick break to say that if you're enjoying this episode or you have suggestions, please consider leaving us a review where you listen to the podcast and also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. We would also love for you to consider joining the She Speaks community. It's free to join and you'll get the chance to have first access to surveys, giveaways, product reviews, sampling opportunities, and great content like this podcast. Visit SheSpeaks.com to join and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at SheSpeaksUp. Now, back to the show. I wanted to go back to a little bit of what you were talking about, you know, being an entrepreneur. It's, you know, you mentioned it's it's a wild ride. It's, you know, some, I'm sure it's like no other um, experience and, and no day is the same. Um, so I want to know, what do you do? What are some things that you do, practices you have to kind of stay motivated in that space? You know, how do you, how do you keep that motivation um, I do think that one thing that my mother, I will credit my mom um, very much for teaching me this from a very young age for as long as I can remember, um, it was fine to fail. It was fine. Failure was not something that you needed to be scared of. Mm -hmm. you, you fall down, you pick yourself up and you just move forward. Uh, so I have to credit my mom for teaching me that failure is not fatal. And as an entrepreneur, the if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, if you're somebody who, you know, runs a business of any of any sort, you will relate to the fact that every day you probably have things that you consider to be failures. There are going to be successes too, 
but there are also failures. And some days it's more failures than successes, right? So um, I think I think that that was the most important thing for me was um, understanding that that is the case. And uh, I don't know that that is mu- as much the case in, in other places, but I think as an entrepreneur, you learn very quickly from things that go wrong and things that don't go as you plan. You learn a lot from those things. So I have actually learned to um, really not fear those things because I know I expect that they're going to happen. And then the question is, how do you move forward from there? And so, so that's, um, I think that is the most important thing that, um, that I had. And then the other thing for me is, um, I am, I'm a big believer in, um, questioning, um, like posing the question, what if, and I think you, you, you need a little bit of that. And maybe for some people that's considered fantastical thinking, but I do believe that there, that a lot of entrepreneurs, at least the ones, I mean, I've encountered a lot of entrepreneurs in my, in my years as an entrepreneur. And I think that is one thing that I see as, as something that, um, a lot of us share as a trait, which is, uh, like really thinking, well, what, what if, and why not? Why can't I do that? What, what if I did this and why can't I do it? So um, I think those are some of the the things that are really important. Um, and then, and then just hire for, for things that are not your skills. Um, I, I know that I am, I am not good at everything. I mean, please, I mean, nobody is right. So it's understanding like, what are you good at? What are you not good at? And then how do you find people who can fill in for you where you're not as strong? And, um, and, and that has been, that has been, I think the, the, the combination of those things have been the, the most important thing. So we ask guests all the time, like, what are some daily habits that you have? Um, the good ones or the bad ones? <laughs> <laughs> go with good. Like what, <laughs> what do you feel? I'll start with good. That's a good one. Okay. Well, let me say one thing. Um, so I grew up, uh, in a, in a pretty, um, uh, religious environment. So I went to parochial school and, uh, so there was prayer every morning and actually more than one time a day. What I will say that that taught me, and there's a reason that I'm, I'm kind of taking you back a little bit. Um, I learned that I think prayer is an, if you, depending on how you view it, it's, it's like meditation a little bit. It's like, okay, cause you're kind of saying the same thing every day. So you almost memorize the words and then it's like, okay, well, what do you think about when you're doing that? So for me growing up and being in that environment, you're praying a few times a day, you know, you know, the words, it's not like you have to sit there and actually study the words to say it. Right. It then becomes, well, what it's an exercise in, okay, what am I going to think about? And, and also an appreciation. I will say that the, the, um, another important part of that was the appreciation that there is a higher power and I'm not telling anyone what, you know, mm-hmm. what their higher power should be. It could be many different things, but for right. me, it was this, I have a, I have very deep in my core, this recognition that 
the world is a much bigger place than, than just me. I am just like a part of that. And that for me is actually reassuring. Um, I, I like that. So every day, um, to answer your question, I spend time thinking, I don't know that I would call it meditating as much, but I think about, um, what I'm grateful for. So I have what you would call, I guess, a daily gratitude practice. Um, and the the advice that I was given by one of our guests on the show, Natalie Kagan, mm-hmm. who's been on the show a couple of times, she wrote a book on happiness. And she also wrote a book called, that we that just came out called The Awesome Human Project. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she suggested uh, when when I asked her, well, what if you, you know, you've been studying happiness for many years, Natalie, if you had to give, tell somebody one thing that they could start to do to make themselves happier, what would that be? And she said, if I could give them one thing, I would say, start a practice of gratitude because it literally changes how your brain thinks. You, your brain can be wired positively or negatively in a positive or negative orientation. And if you every day at some point think to yourself, very mind are very mindful of what is good. What am I grateful for? What are, and, and be as specific as you can. So the way I do it is I think of three things every day. They're specific though. They can, there are things like, Oh, you know, my daughter, stop by to, you know, un, un, unrequested, I have teenagers. So un, unrequested, my daughter stopped by to talk to me about something going on in her day. Right. And wow, that ma- that makes me so grateful that she right. felt that she could, that she wanted to come talk to me. Right. So be specific and don't just say, oh, I'm grateful for my kids because that's going to get pretty boring after every day. If you're just always just saying right. I'm for my kids, like I try to be as specific as I can be. It's really interesting that you say like mm-hmm. that, you know, it switches that positive on. And I know we had someone on who talked a little bit about the way our brain works. Um, and just, I think, you know, tuning in to just like finding those positives <laughs> sets you up to find the positive, like as a habit, you know, instead mm-hmm. of always kind of going towards like what's wrong or what am I not doing right? especially in the past few years, a lot of people have had a a lot of trouble, you know, balancing life and work and, you know, your personal life from your work life, you know, as an entrepreneur and as somebody who experienced working from home, we all have at this point, you know, how do you balance that life and work? And I know, especially for entrepreneurs and, you know, people running their own business, it can be hard to kind of switch things off. Do you have any, um, you know, pieces of advice for people who are, you know, struggling with that? Or how do you balance life and work? Well, I personally don't, I don't love the idea or the notion of work-life balance, especially as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, like you, like it takes up so much share of mind, so to Mm -hmm. speak, right? Because, you know, if you care about your team you, you know, you have, you, you are very passionate about it and it takes up a lot of, uh, of your mind share. Right. So for me, I think the way I think about it, and especially now where people are working from home, 
right? The blurring lines of work and life are so, they're so enmeshed, right? Even more so maybe than they were before. So for me, the way I think about it and what's worked well for me, um, and it's been something that I've had to, let me just be clear, I've definitely had times where I am way like on more thinking, like focused on having to do work-related stuff. But what I have learned is the most important thing is that when I am at work, even if it's for this, like this conversation we're having, I'm right. completely focused on this conversation. When I am, when we get off, I'm going to go probably talk to one of my kids who's packing for her summer trip. And I am going to be completely focused on that. And that might be another 20 minutes. So I, I, the way I think about it is whatever it is that I am doing in that moment or those moments, I am completely focused on that thing. And, and that I think has been a really good solution for me because you can't be, if you're with your kids and you're hanging out with your kids and you're doing something, be present and do that thing. And it doesn't mean it has to last hours and hours that you like, I, I am much more of like on a bite size type, you yeah. know, person, but I move between them. But when I'm doing it, I very consciously say, this is what I'm doing. I'm not doing that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that perspective too, because I think it takes a little bit of like that guilt that sometimes women can have like that mom guilt. Um, and because you're saying like, there isn't this set time period that you have to say, like, this is my work life balance. Here's the line. I think it's what you're saying is you have to do what works for you and be present in what, you know, what you're doing at that moment. If that means logging off at five o'clock to spend time with your children and being present in that moment, and then you have to jump back on at eight and that works for you and it does, and it's less stressful then that works. So, and mm -hmm. it's okay. If yeah. waking up before the kids wake up or something works better, then that's what you do. So yeah. I like that perspective a lot right. rather than just saying like it has to be this this one way. Yeah. Um, and Steph, that's a such a good ad, Stephanie, that it's not the same for everyone, right? It's right. how your brain works best. For me, I it works best for me to sort of compartmentalize these what I think of as sprints. Like I have a sprint of time doing this and then I have a sprint of time doing that. And I can, for sprints, I can be totally focused on one thing, right? Um, and that, so that's just how my brain works and I'm able, that that's what works for me. But I love your ad on that, which is everyone's got to find the thing that works best for them. Who is someone who has paved the way for you or has inspired you and who are you paving the way for? I'm going to say that in, I mean, of course, there's so many women who come before who have allowed my generation to have access to dream to do anything we wanted, right? I grew mm -hmm. up at a time where I was encouraged to do as well as I could in school because whatever I wanted to do, I could do. So I am so appreciative of that. What I will say is that was not the case for, for the generations before me, right? My mother's generation, it was not like, of course you're going to college. Of course you can do anything you want to do. And so I would say that it's, I am, I tip my hat so much to the generation before me 
that facilitated what I was able to do. And my mother, my mother-in-law, all of those women that, you know, there's so many of them that really helped facilitate and breathe the idea into us as, as children, as young, as young women that we could do whatever we wanted. Um, so, so that is who I think, um, helped pave the way and who do I want to pave the way for? I mean, I've got two daughters. I, and, and it's not just them. It's every, I mean, anybody who is younger than I am, let's say, and, and even the women, my peers, like I just want so much for women to step into their power and step into what they can achieve without being encumbered by like, you know, all of the mental load that, that we have to, that we have to, you know, still have in our lives because that's just societally what happens to, you know, to women and to girls. So um, I would say that my goal and what I'm doing is, you know, that I'm trying to make it that much easier for other women to, to, to achieve what, what they want to do and to, you know, live a life that is peaceful and successful and what they, you know, what consciously what they want it to be. So the last question I want to ask you is one that we ask a lot of our guests at the end of the show. What, if you could go back and tell yourself, your younger self something, what would it be? I ask this to a lot of guests that we have either on this show or on our powerhouse women series yep. that we do. And I, so I have had the benefit of mm-hmm. all of their wisdom. <laughs> and I will say two things that, and, and most importantly, um, for younger women who might be listening to this, here's what I want to say. It's going to be okay. Like, don't, don't, assume that every bad hiccup, anything negative that happens along the way is a fait accompli. It means, oh, that's it. This is going to be, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And I had this, um, you know, um, I had this conversation um, with one of our podcast guests and, and I thought her advice um, from another perspective was so useful. She said that, um, that what she wishes she could do is go back and thank her younger self because it is, you know, we tend to beat ourselves up as women. We look back and we go, why did I do that? We spend so much time looking backwards at those things and, and allowing it to take up space in our, in our minds, in our brains. I, I want to say to my younger self, don't, allow something to take up space in your brain that it doesn't serve you. So I, um, I have learned that the hard way. <laughs> I, have, I have struggled with this so much myself, but as I've gotten older, I have recognized that I define what takes up space. Nobody can define what takes up space in my brain, but me. And um, it is, you know, it's a, it's so important that we honor that and that we fill our brains, our talk, the voice that's in our heads, that's constantly running a narrative. 
we feel, we allow that to be kind and gentle to ourselves because, you know, we're, we're, we're all trying to, I have very rarely come across somebody who is not just trying to do their best, who doesn't have positive intentions. And so um, I choose to look at the world as, you know, we're all coming at from, from a, from a positive uh, standpoint. And if somebody isn't, that's not, that doesn't affect me. That shouldn't affect me. Like I have to rule what goes on in my own brain. So that's what I would say. I would kind of go back and, and tell my younger self to just not let someone else or something else take up residence in my brain that I, because I'm the one that, that either empowers that or disempowers that. Thank you so much for allowing me to switch places with you and come from behind the behind the scenes and do this. I think um, it's great for our audience to hear a little bit more about who you are so that week to week they know who is behind these conversations that we're going to continue to have um, with women. Well, Stephanie, thank you for doing this. And thank you for all that you have done to breathe life into this, to this podcast. It's um, a labor, it's a labor of love of our team. And I'm so appreciative for what you do every week to make this happen. So thank you to you. And you know what, I think you're going to give me a run for my money as a host. Oh, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Those are some good questions, Stephanie. Yes. Well, I learned. I learned 90 episodes of of watching <laughs> watching you host. <laughs> so thank you so much, Louisa. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also join She Speaks at shespeaks.com. Thanks for listening. We look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.